Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, and you have tuned in to the perfect show uh, for this Friday afternoon, Friday evening. The weekend is here, and I'm going to get us rolling into the weekend with a fire so massive that I'm going to have to call in two firemen to help me fan these flames. Delano Squires and Royce White will be here uh, early in the show to talk about this fire I'm about to start. Uh, and Steve Kim will be here on the second half of the show to talk some Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, and maybe we'll sneak in a little uh, Deshaun Watson as well uh, with Steve Kim. Uh, but we're going to start with a discussion about Leah Thomas uh, that's so much bigger and broader uh, than just Leah Thomas, the University of Pennsylvania swimmer. Uh, I, I, buckle up, sit back, put your thinking caps on, expand your mind, and as I try to connect the whole Leah Thomas thing to something much bigger going on all across America and really across the globe. All right, Leah Thomas, uh, the male swimmer competing at the NCAA's Women's National Championship, is just another log on the fire of lies engulfing America. According to the headlines, Thomas made history Thursday night, winning the 500 freestyle by nearly two seconds, becoming the first transgender woman to win a Division I national title. Now, if you object to this obscenity, Corporate and social media argue that you do so out of fear of Thomas and other transgenders. Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post articulated the prevailing sentiment Thursday morning, writing, quote, to exclude trans athletes from elite competition out of fear of our own constricting fears and uncertainty is wrong, harmfully so. Oh, I, I, I want to stop right there and read because I picked that quote, but I want to read you the very beginning of Sally Jenkins' column in the Washington Post. Hate to tell you, but in a way, everyone is trans. Everyone is trans, according to the Washington Post and Sally Jenkins, who's one of the most decorated sports columnists in the history of America. I've never agreed with all those decorations. She's good, but she's not what they've hyped her into being. You know, part of it is female sports writer, and they figured out a way to uh, uh, celebrate her. But Sally Jenkins is a good column. She's written things that I really agree with. She's written things I disagree with, and but have written them profoundly in a provocative way. She's talented. Her dad, Dan Jenkins, is one of the best sports writers in the history of, the, of America. She's nuts here, though absolutely nuts and this accusation that anybody who objects uh, to this man competing against girls uh, you know we're all transphobic see we all allegedly have an aversion or hostility to disdain for or fear of transgender people I don't fear Leah Thomas I have no aversion, hostility, or disdain for him. There are those of us who are lie-phobic. We have an aversion, hostility, disdain, and fear of lies, particularly falsities 
codified into culture, rules, and law. We see an avalanche of lies transforming our once great nation into the United States of lies and chaos. We see the uprooting of truth and the empowerment of falsehoods as the climate change that will destroy the planet. Leah Thomas has no business swimming against women. He has a penis. He spent his first 20 years on this planet living and competing as a man. Despite two years of hormone treatment, he has the shoulders, size, and the build of a man. His reduced testosterone level doesn't qualify him for womanhood. God hands out those qualifications inside the womb. We recognize those credentials on a birth certificate. There are those of us who still believe man's science does not trump God's truth. Let me repeat, I harbor no ill will toward Leah Thomas. He is a pawn being used in the devil's game of deception. My animus is saved for Satan's collaborators, the atheists, agnostics, and so-called Christians who helped build the inferno of lies Thomas just joined. America's coalition of liars touches every demographic, every faith, and every political faction. America can't reject the Leah Thomas lie because we've swallowed too many of the others. Let me rattle off a list of lies that we have swallowed. January 6th was an insurrection comparable to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Oh, police are killing black men so randomly that black people should live in fear of routine traffic stops. America was founded in 1619 when it enslaved its first black person. Securing our southern border, it's racist. Oh, oh, the N-word is a harmless term of endearment when used by black people. The Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution are invalid and irredeemably racist because our founding fathers owned slaves. George Floyd is a hero worthy of memorials and monuments. Marriage between a man and a woman is no different from marriage between two people of the same sex. Obese women and men Oh, they're all perfectly healthy. Abortion isn't murder or immoral. It's proof women are equal. Oh, masks stop the spread of COVID. No, 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 wait, wait. Experimental medical trials stop the spread of COVID. Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James are bright public intellectuals sincerely challenging the establishment's racism. Oh, here's one. Donald Trump is Adolf Hitler. No, no, wait, Vladimir Putin is Adolf Hitler. You get it? America is a smorgasbord of lies. White lies, black lies, brown lies, gender lies, political lies, racial lies. The lies make chaos and division inevitable. Our fear and reluctance to confront and combat these lies doom this nation. Leah Thomas isn't the problem. His gender dysphoria is not new. There have been men who felt like women since the beginning of time. The rest of us are the problem. Rather than treat Thomas's dysphoria, we have chosen to adopt it as our own, normalize it, and build a war, a world 
obedient to feelings over truth. A children's hospital in Portland has issued an instruction manual for young boys on how to tuck their penises. Citigroup, the banking conglomerate, announced it will pay the travel expenses for employees seeking out-of-state abortions. The United States of Lies supports and financially rewards immorality. People who object to and or warn that the tsunami of lies will be our undoing are demonized and punished. So most of us play along. We suffer in silence, hoping the insanity will reach a level of absurdity that erases the legitimacy of all of it. We underestimate the strength of the lies that bind America's coalition of liars. Lying to yourself is similar to pregnancy. You can't be a little bit deceitful. One lie leads to the acceptance of the next lie. Nicole Hannah-Jones, the author of the New York Times 1619 Project, she cannot speak against the Leah Thomas lie because she knows that that could make the LGBTQ plus crowd challenge the Hannah Jones's 1619 lie. You follow? The liars have to stick together. A Black Lives Matter supporter can't publicly question the sanity of allowing illegal immigrants to flood our southern border because he or she fears scrutiny of the sanity of BLM. Reverend Al Sharpton can't criticize same-sex marriage. Race hustlers and sexuality hustlers formed an alliance 60 years ago. Sharpton must support the COVID and mask hysteria. His lies force him to embrace their lies. He joined NATO for liars. It's likely you did too. Thinking it would bring peace, you probably jumped on board with same-sex marriage or the myth that January 6th was a horrifying, deadly conflict between police and white supremacists or that George Floyd played no role in his own death, or there's nothing wrong with black people calling each other the N-word. Lies do not promote or deliver peace. They foment disorder. Leah Thomas is out of order because we've ingested a buffet of lies for far too long. That's the beginning of my fire. And I hope that you get the point. I, I, early in the afternoon, I put out a column saying much of the same things, virtually all of the same things, and I'm not sure if people fully grasp it because everybody, oh, way to go, sticking the truth, Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas, and this is a travesty. And, and we don't fully grasp or understand how we're all participating in this travesty. Virtually all of us. That laundry list of lies, and I could have gone on even further, but that laundry list of lies pretty much applies to virtually everybody to some degree. In order to go along, to get along at work, over social media, people are sitting around pretending like well, you know, January 6th wasn't in any direction, but oh my God, it was, it was just a travesty. It was just, it was, it was horrible. And it's one of the worst things that's ever happened in America. You know, maybe insurrections are a little exaggerated, but, but oh, it was just horrible. 
I'm, I'm sorry. In comparison to what we saw during the summer of George Floyd, the truth is January 6th was nothing. And it would have really been nothing without the assistance of the FBI and all the other government plants that fomented and, and inspired January the 6th. A group of idiots went into the Capitol at the behest of some government agents. They didn't go there with zip ties to kidnap people or stop uh, the election process or for Joe Biden being uh, uh, announced or uh, ratified as president. Idiots went in there at the behest of other idiots or conspirators. And they just wanted to show up and, and tell the uh, politicians, you're out of order, you're out of line. These people should not be rotting in jail cells. And people that don't have the balls to say that, they're liars. Liars who are contributing to the lie of Leah Thomas. It, it all... Again, once you start accepting one lie, there's all these other lies that come along with it. When you build a culture and a society that ignores truth, is hostile to truth, really hostile to uncomfortable truths. You're just legalizing all the other lies. And so now we got a six foot three, six foot four man swimming against women. And this won't be the end of it. There will be men playing basketball against women in NCAA college basketball rather soon. Might be next year. It'll certainly be in the next four or five years. Because we have, again, you embrace all these other little lies. You got to embrace them all. And you're could just, oh, well, that's my little pet lie that, that, that I go along with, but I'm not down with all these other ones. You can't be down with one and not supporting the others. Because when you support one, it makes you have to silence yourself about the others. And so if you think, and I know Reverend Al Sharpton don't really care about God, I, I get it, but he's not retarded. He knows what's going on with Leah Thomas and, women, and men competing against women in these sports. He knows it's wrong. He knows it violates every biblical tenet he ever once knew and forgot. But he can't say anything because his platform is based on a lie. When your platform is based on a lie, you can't call out other lies. You have to form an alliance with all the other liars. And you have to either shut your mouth or join in on their lies. And that's why so many uh, alleged Christians have no, well, abortion, that, that's that's complicated. I'm just going to look the other way. I got no opinion. 
my political leanings tell me I've got to support it or whatever, so I'm going to. It's part of the Barack Obama package. The Barack Obama package, you know, it, it, it's, it's like a cable bundle. If I buy the entire bundle, I get it at a discounted price, and I just got to ignore the channels I don't like. Now, you've bought the entire bundle, and you're co-signing for everything in that cable package, including abortion. And th th that's, I'm telling you, many of you that are sitting there repulsed by Leah Thomas, you've bought part of this cable bundle. This channel's a part of this cable bundle of lies that you actually support, and therefore, when, when, when these type travesties happen, you can't, in a full-throated, authentic way, speak against it. Because you're afraid your lies may get called out. Maybe you've been running around pretending George Floyd is the greatest victim in the history of America, and, and, and this, this generation's Martin Luther King or hell, even Jesus Christ. And you've been using George Floyd to promote yourself at work. Oh, I better get that promotion or you're racist, just like Derek Chauvin and all the other cops that kill black people. How many black people who call themselves Christian, have stood on the neck and back of George Floyd and blackmailed their bosses. You're a liar. You're in support of Leah Thomas and all this other chaos and abominations against God and every rule, every thought, every biblical principle that's ever been taught to you. You're in objection to it. Oh, Donald Trump, he's Adolf Hitler, he's a dictator. Now because someone on CNN or MSNBC told you, Vladimir Putin, he's Adolf Hitler, you believe that now too. I, and trust me on this, I don't know what Vladimir Putin is. I'm no expert on Russia. But I'm not going along. The same people that lie to me every single day. Oh, this time they're telling the truth. And because they're all oh Republicans and Democrats and all the TV networks, they're all saying Vladimir Putin is Adolf Hitler. These are the same people that have been lying to us the entire time. I'm not buying that garbage. They're not to bring me more than their word to get me to buy into that. saying people oh put a mask on and COVID will stop two weeks we'll break the curve take this shot in the ass or in the arm it'll stop COVID but now I'm so oh <laughs> Putin he's Adolf Hitler the last week we were telling you it was Donald Trump this week is Putin who's it gonna be next week Jason Whitlock he's Adolf Hitler He's a Hitler supporter. He's a Russian propagandist. Russia's supporting him. You'll believe anything. I'm not, I'm just sorry.
either you're going to stand on truth and save this country and man up, woman up and stand on truth or you're no different than the rest of them. You just have your little pet lies and oh my God, America's systemically racist and a black man, we ain't got no chance because white people done gathered up and, and they done made all the rules so we can't make it. Yeah, Barack Obama was an aberration. Mike Wilbon was an aberration. Jason Whitlock, aberration. Stephen A. Smith, the whole, everybody that made it black. It was an aberration, it was luck. I can't do it, the whole world is against me. Yeah, I know I say I'm a Christian and if God is on my side, who can be against me? How can I fail? But really I'm not a Christian. The white man is my God. And if he doesn't like me, I'm nothing. That's what you really believe. Man up and say it. You've bought the lie. I, um, and so I, I hope no one hears this as, I feel sorry, I do have compassion for Leah Thomas. This man has some serious mental issues. To have the audacity to stand on that podium and celebrate and talk about this stuff he accomplished like he did something, this man has some serious issues. His parents need to be investigated. His neighborhood he grew up in needs to be investigated. To have the, and I, it's not about him feeling like a woman. It's about having the audacity to take his six foot three, six foot four ass and go compete against a bunch of women and take pride in it. Play, play his little post match, post swim interview uh, that he did with ESPN. Leah, how did that performance measure up to your expectations coming into this meet tonight? I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. You've undoubtedly been under the spotlight over the past few months. How have you been dealing with that and reasoning with everything? I try to ignore it as much as I can. I try to focus on my swimming, uh, what I need to do to get ready for my races, and just try to block out everything else. What did that race mean to you? It's, it means the world to, to be here, be with two of my best friends and teammates, and be able to compete. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. Coward. I'm not even talking about him. That, and I don't want to call this woman a coward that did the interview, but it was a cowardly interview. She should have asked him, you got a penis between your legs. Everybody else in the pool had a vagina. Do you think that's fair? Are you sure with what's swinging between your legs, you need to be out there swimming against women? That would have been a bold interview. Put Leah Thomas on the spot, make him man up and answer a real question. Don't go off into his la-la world that he somehow has accomplished something worthy of celebration and admiration. There was a woman outside the swim meet. I think she swims for Virginia Tech. She actually womaned up. 
and and should have there should have been thousands of people. Everybody in the damn swim meet should have been out there with this Virginia Tech woman who went on camera and complained about this travesty and obscenity that we're sanctioning and codifying into this into this society. Play the clip of the Vitek swimmer keeping it a hundred. You're a Virginia Tech swimmer. What did you think about Leah Thomas competing today as a swimmer in this competition? Um, what are you feeling? What are other athletes feeling? It's a common conception that we are all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition and you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance if that makes sense like it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity the muscle development the body of a man it, it's hard it's hard to think about it like that and staying positive i bet for other swimmers who are in that uh heat is probably overwhelming i i'm not sure i can't speak for them but it, it's disappointing to see and frustrating definitely and you said that one of your teammates was crying today because she didn't make the finals uh, you said that she was 17th yes. and there were 16 spots yes so uh, leah thomas took one of those spots uh, talk to us about what your teammate uh, was going through and, and that experience she was very emotional and it's hard to see because it's her last ncaa's and um she really loves that race and it was just heartbreaking to see that she put all her effort into it to Today and when the best time that she's went in a morning session before and still not make it back. It's hard to see someone who works every day, every night, still not be able to compete against someone like that. So that woman that was crying done put 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years into her swim career to get to that moment and then she's denied by a man with some dysphoria issues that I'm sympathetic towards. But again, it's just no, look, Caitlyn Jenner, the former Bruce Jenner, he gets it. He's on record. Like she shouldn't be swimming against these women. So you can have gender dysphoria and still have common sense and still have some integrity about yourself. Leah Thomas has none, but neither do all the parents who are sitting by quietly as their daughters get treated unfairly. Why is this little woman from Virginia Tech, this college student, this child, why isn't she surrounded by parents saying, this is not fair for my daughter and daughters. And all the, the silly ones that are running around co-signing for this. These nut jobs. Acting like this is okay. Because they want to be on the right side of history. They want to make sure they don't get canceled. And no one sends them a mean tweet. And everything's okay on their job. Because if I stand up and tell the truth and stand on any, that whole laundry list of lies that I keep saying get promoted. If you say any of them at work, oh my God, I'll lose my job. Or someone may go to HR and complain about me. Or I may not get promoted. 
We're building a society that is nuts and incapable of staying together. This is just the beginning. We're nowhere near the end of this gender insanity. I, I've, I'm sorry I went that long. Uh, I'm mostly apologize to Delano. We're gonna bring the smartest man on the show uh, into this conversation. He, he wrote a column uh, today that has some synergy uh, with what I wrote and what I were just talking about here in my monologue. Uh, Delano, we'll start uh, with your reaction to uh, Leah Thomas uh, winning an NCAA Division I title. And my contention that the reason why this is being allowed and why the whole country hasn't risen up is because there are so many other lies that we have told ourselves and are telling the public that we've handcuffed ourselves to lies and so we can't speak up against lies that aren't our, you know, that we disagree with. And so we just have to embrace all the lies. Jason, I was listening to your monologue listen to your fire starter. I'm hoping you gave me something for me to burn down. But I mean, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think th there's, there's a couple of things going on, right? I'm going to address the Leah Thomas situation first. Um, I see so many people, including Sally Jenkins, who's, our, who's calling my red, who keep starting this conversation in the wrong place. They keep saying, well, Leah Thomas doesn't have an advantage over some of the, the, the girls or the women he's competing against. Um, we have to look at testosterone levels and there's new data and science. Jason, my, my, my oldest child is six. I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm teaching her, you know, logic and deductive reasoning. This is a category error. The word woman has a definition. I wish people like Sally Jenkins and Mina Kimes and Jamel Hill and people who fought for women their entire career, particularly as it relates to sports, would just simply say, this is what a woman is. A woman is an adult female human. So anyone who is not an adult female human should not be in women's sports. It doesn't matter how, Le Leah Thomas could be five, six and 150 pounds. He doesn't belong there because he's not a woman. Just like if I show up to the Tour de France with a moped or a motorcycle, and I said, well, but they both have two wheels. Well, why are you guys discriminating against me? They'll say, because this race is for a certain type of bicycle. A motorcycle is not a bicycle. It's a different category. They may look the same. You may, you may feel the same when you ride them, but they're not the same. And that's why these people, they, they get into, um, well, this person feels this particular way. Right. Or they don't really have this type of advantage or the science is changing. We're not really sure. And you're right. It's lies. It's all lies. It, let, let me not cuss. It's, it's all lies. <laughs> and and the people who are doing it are either too dumb or too coward, cowardly to, to, to say that it's lies. And, and, and I, I, I really fear what this is doing to young women and girls, because you, you saw even the interviews that you played. You could hear the girls biting their tongues, right? They don't want to use the 
wrong pronoun. They don't want to say the wrong thing because because they're on camera, right? They're on record. They don't want to get canceled. They don't want to get socially censured. They don't want to be penalized. They don't want to lose out on endorsement money. And it's the same thing that the Sally Jenkins of the world are doing. They don't they don't want to get called a bigot. They don't want to get the J.K. Rowling treatment where you are separated from the content that you create. Right. So the thing is, Jason, we still have a closet. It's just that the 99.9% of the people who understand that, that men and women are different have been forced into it. And the small number of people who actually have gender dysphoria and the large number of their activists and ideal, uh, ideological supporters are, are the only ones who can live out loud and proud. And, and that's my problem with it. Because we, to your point, we, we are conditioning ourselves to be liars. And that's why as a matter of practice, I, I, I don't do the whole pronoun game. Pronouns should be learned as a, as a matter of grammar, not as a matter of sociology. I don't cede one inch of territory to any of these people because I don't want to have to go home and look in the mirror and realize that somebody made me into a liar. Because then how am I going to tell my kids to be bold and courageous when I can't even acknowledge the most sort of fundamental truth of, of human civilization? You said a mouthful, and, and one of the things I really love and I want to hammer the point is, because it's not just on this gender issue that people are being forced into the closet. It's, mm. it's across the board. As Christians, people are, Christians are being forced in the closet. Don't talk about your faith publicly. Don't use the word Jesus publicly. Keep that in the closet. Conceal that. We only want to talk about your secular values or secular mm -hmm. beliefs. Then, and look, look how that plays out in real life, because again, when you understand that Jesus, Christianity, and the truth walk hand in hand together, it, it, Christianity, Jesus, it's about truth and the truth setting you free. And so people like me who literally, my, spent time in the inner city. Father's Bar, my favorite place on earth, the Masterpiece Lounge, in the inner city. Me and my father, one bedroom apartment, uh, 400 square feet, 1984, in the inner city. I'm sitting here like, hey man, this whole little notion that people in the inner city, black people in the inner city are running around scared of the police, right. more so than they are the gangster disciples and the bloods. We can't say that. Because we got to stay in the closet and let the African-Americans and the other elites that they put on TV, they get to loudly shout, oh, the police, they're killing us and blah, blah. And LeBron James gets to loudly shout to his 40 million Twitter followers, we can't even go outside, blah, blah. And so it's like the lie can be shouted the loudest and the truth has to be whispered in private in a closet mm with other people who are afraid to stand on truth. And so this assault on the truth is an assault on God. End of yeah. story. And, and, and that's why I wrote my, my piece, right? And, and I talked about Christians have, and particularly Christian conservatives have a choice. It's either Christ or it's chaos. And, and I, I, I use a number of different examples, including, um, you know, sort of the, the minor dust up or controversy with, with Dave Rubin when, you know, he and his spouse announced that they are expecting, um, you know, two babies, one in August, one in October. And, and for a lot of, you know, folks that I follow who are Christians, it's like, OK, we understand that, that Dave is gay and he once was atheist. He said he grew up as a, as a secular Jew. 
we don't expect him to hold to biblical sexual ethics. But when we see self-professed conservatives and certainly conservative Christians celebrating that which God would, would, um, would condemn, then we start asking ourselves, what's really going on here? What, what do conservatives mean when they say they want to conserve things? What exactly do they want to conserve? And if, and for a lot of us, if it's, if all you want to conserve is lower tax rates, I'm not interested, not interested because when Jason, when I sit on here and I hammer the left, um, and I hammer the left and the feminists and the male allies and, and everybody else over there who, um, subverts the natural order of God's design for family as it relates to uh, husband, wife, and, and their children. And conservatives cheer and say, yes, that's what we need in, the, in America and in the black community, more intact families. If conservatives are saying, look, what, whatever people on our side want to do, right, we're, we're, we're libertarians as it relates to sex and sexuality, then a lot of people like me are gonna say, you know what, we may vote for Republican candidates, but to the extent that you, you think we're, we support, that we're going to cheer loudly, no, not interested. And I think c- c- Christians need uh, periodically reminders that uh, uh, Christianity is what I call a whole bird faith, neither left wing nor right wing, right? So, so when we wanna divvy it up, we gotta cut that thing right down the middle. And if either party, and clearly the Democrats, they're, they're far gone, people like, Joe Biden, Raphael Warnock, William Barber, Al Sharpton, they're on all, they, they endorse all of the lies that we're talking about. So I'm not even considering them. But part of what, what you know, Christian conservatives have to do is ask ourselves, okay, if the Republican Party becomes the party of drag queen story hour um, and, and, you know, rental wombs, artificial wombs and artificial sperm and eggs, and we say, you know, it'll help people who, who, who can't reproduce, have their own babies. Is that a, a, a party that, or a movement we wanna associate ourselves with? And that's one of the questions we're gonna ha- have to ask ourselves because as you said, everybody is lying. And one of the things I put in, 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 in my column, which is a bit of truth, is, is it's a sort of a simple thought experiment. If you put 100 men of peak physical condition on, an, on a deserted island with 100 trans women, and you know the left loves to say trans women are women, okay, let's put it to the test. And you wait 100 years, when you come back, nobody would be alive, not a single baby would be born, and no new generations would have been created. That's, that's not an attack, that's a fact. And the question is, do, do, do we as a society and culture want to ingrain that type of ideology into our cultural norms and legitimize it through our public policy? And to me, Christians are in the best position to answer that question. But the problem is that this entire conversation has been co-opted, as is often the case with things in our country, by the issue of race, right? And I started my column by, by citing Dr. King and the civil rights movement and how they used the, the truth of the scriptures as sort of their, their moral calling card to turn America away from spiritual wickedness as it related to, to you know, racism and, and, and violence against black folk um, and turn us, in that, in, that, in that sort of uh, lane, 
turn us towards the truth of God's word, that all of us are created in the image of God. Christians, conservative Christians have an opportunity to do the same as it relates to sex, sexuality, marriage, and family. But many of us in sort of the Christian evangelical camp have been compromised because there are Christians, and I can name a few, the white ones practice ethnic paternalism. They think that they can solve all the problems of black folk. They're the ones who like to tell their friends, oh, systemic racism is why black people have all these problems and, and we need to do more. We need to, we need to give more. We, we, it's our responsibility to solve their problems. And then you have the black ones who practice ethnic extortion, right? Who say, give us, give us money. Give us money for our organizations. Give us reparations. And in that way, you will uh, pay indulgences to wipe away the sins of your forefathers and everything can be made right. The problem is that's not going to happen. That's not the way the world works. And any, any Christian that thinks, uh, any black Christian that thinks it's more important for a white believer to affirm their life and tell them that black lives matter than it is for a black man like me to care for, protect and provide for my own family and my children has got this thing totally upside down. But, but what the Christian right and the secular left are doing is this, they're running the play from the same playbook. They saw that at one point, whiteness and white supremacy was the norm, white domination was the norm, and black people had to suffer oppression under that. Once that was removed through law and policy and social custom over the course of decades, they start, other groups started to say, oh, we could run the same play paint ourselves as oppressed, paint whoever's above us as oppressor, and use the, the, the pain of black suffering and the strategy of the black civil rights movement to pull down that oppression. So here come the women with feminism to fight sexism. And then after that, it's the LGBT crowd to, to fight heterosexuality. And after that, it's the transgender crowd to fight cisgender privilege and so on and so on and so forth. Next will become minor attracted people. Then you're gonna have the transhumanists who say, I'm neither, I'm not human. I don't abide by time. Time is a social construct. And to the extent that I, I'm not human, but I want a family. So we need to create artificial wombs, artificial sperm, artificial eggs, and so on and so on and so on and so on. It, it'll go until we hit a, a, a stopping point. And Jason, what I'm doing, and I think what we're doing is trying to, to call out to America and said, it is time to repent, to turn from your wicked ways and go back to the God of this creation. He made us, he understands. Clearly we can't hold it together. We can't even hold together our views on male and female for more than two election cycles. The Caitlyn Jenner thing with ESPN was in 2015. We're not 2022, it's not even 10 years. And now people act as if male and female are just arbitrary categories. So yes, what Leah Thomas is doing is, is an abomination, right? We shouldn't, feel, we, we shouldn't feel like we have to be forced into the closet. We should speak our truth. I'm gonna live my truth, Jason. The problem is, and the question is, are there enough courageous people, and particularly men, who are willing to do the same? I wish that young lady was standing there doing that interview with her father, having her back. That's what I wish. More men need to walk around with, you know, fake uh, uh, bottles of kerosene and, and a lighter and say, look, 
if y'all don't let up off my daughter and let this pressure up off of our kids, something is going to get burned down in here, metaphorically, of course. So I, I think that well, that's what it, we need. It may have to be for real. We, we may have to do it for real. And just, what was it, just a year or two ago, everybody was running around talking about their girl dad and Kobe right, Bryant right. and his daughter was the greatest thing in the world. And now, mm-hmm. where are the girl dads at? Silent. Slap them avatars on. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and one thing I, I, I do want to say just before I let you go, because I, I got to get to Royce White, we got to keep it moving. But one thing I, I want to say I just want to address here because I'm right there with you in terms of like, and I've been maybe even more so, like all these politicians, Republican, Democrat, they, they, they're all liars, they all change with the wind. Here's what I'll say about not Republicans or Democrats, but about conservatives. And mm-hmm. this is where I'll give us credit here at The Blaze, the conversation we just had, the column you just wrote, where you addressed head on Dave Rubin, what's going on with he and his spouse and, and the kid. And I know Dave, I consider Dave a friend. Uh, the one thing I'll give conservatives an opportun- uh, credit for is like, we can have a conversation of disagreement without Correct. demonizing each other, running around scared, or you know talking behind each other's back. I hope Dave, I think, is gonna come on the show in a couple, two or three weeks. weeks. He's got a book coming out. I, I think there's other people at the Blaze that agree with you and me as it relates to what you wrote uh, about Dave and, and his situation and how we feel about marriage. I've had the conversation with Dave. We're mm-hmm. still friends. I'm sure he doesn't, I'm sure, I hope he doesn't co-sign for my gluttony and, and still respects me, even though I'm, I'm, I'm gluttonous. And, and, and I, I know that people get a smile on their face, but, but trust Gluttony, it's a death culture. I mean, it will kill you, and it, it does not enhance your life. And so that's no different than how I feel about sex outside of marriage, gay sex, same as gluttony or whatever. And so I'm willing to engage. People that want to call me gluttonous, call me fat, whatever, I don't have a problem with them. I don't have a problem with them saying, like, that's wrong. I can still respect them. Hell, I even love them for telling me the truth, to be quite honest with you. But I'm just mm. glad that we exist in an environment on this side of the conversation where you can have these conversations and still find common ground and respect for each other. Uh, I just wanted to reference that yeah. before I let you go. But Delano, great job as always. Thank you, Jason. Uh, we'll, yeah, you know, you, you know there's a guy on, on Delano's heels that's coming up just around the corner, Royce White. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does with this conversation. But before we get to Royce, I want to tell you about Good Ranchers. You need to check out our friends over at Good Ranchers. They sell amazing ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, chicken, and seafood that are sourced 100% from American farms and ranches. Good Ranchers takes the guesswork out of grocery shopping. They make mealtime easy, convenient, and less stressful. And more importantly, it can be delivered to you right in the comfort of your home. Get your $30 discount on prime steaks and better than organic chicken today. Go to GoodRanchers.com fearless to save on the quality you've been looking for. Subscribe now to, look in your, to lock in your price and fight inflation. Good Ranchers takes the guesswork out of the grocery store by sourcing everything from local farms and shipping to your door. Use my code FEARLESS and enjoy your $30 savings on a box of 100% American meat. 
Good Ranchers, American Meat Delivered. Before we go, I'm not done talking Good Ranchers because I told you last time earlier this week, I got a text from my mama because I told her I was sending her some Good Ranchers and she got the Good Ranchers uh, yesterday. And here's the text she sent me. Jason, I got my box from Good Ranchers. My God, I have enough meat to last me the rest of the year and to share with Jim. Jim's my brother, he lives in Cincinnati. If he wants any of it, all right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you. Do the right thing for someone you love. Again, my mother's 82, she's retired, she's on a fixed income. I supplement her with some allowance, my brother helps her out and all that. But in these real times of inflation, give people things that they need because these prices at the grocery store are skyrocketing, people's budgets are tight. Someone you love will text you the way that my mother has texted me this week and we talk and we'll talk again later today. But if you missed the text from earlier when she just knew it was coming, uh, thank you for loving me. You know food has gone through the roof, so the package from Good Ranchers will be a lifesaver. Thank you again, love you. Don't you want someone you love to text you like that? Don't you wanna help people you love? GoodRanchers.com, use the promo code FEARLESS. Royce White, thanks. What's up, Bronx? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? What you popping off? Oh, man, you know how I do, man. I'm sitting up here, got this good ranch jumping off. Yeah. You know how I do, what man. Are those burgers? Burgers? <laughs> them, is, them is good, old-fashioned American Wagyu steak burgers. Boy, you better watch your mouth. Hey, man, let me tell you something. Something about this good ranch, I don't know. This good ranch has put a song in my heart. Make me want to sing. Yeah. You know what I'm Try saying? Try to make it look like rock stars out here with this grill. What we should do, we ought to come up with a little song, a little something. Pitch to the good ranchers, people. See if we can come up with something. What are you thinking, man? What kind of song? I don't know, man. We, we ought to come up with a little jingle or something, man. Something to put a little... Something to, I don't know, man. Maybe something like... Um...
My racket is brackets. So let's start it off with the number one seed, okay? Coming in at the number one overall seed. There's no surprises here. He's the smartest man on the show, and I like to call him the voice of reason, okay? And also, let's keep in mind, the guy still has a hairline, all right? And of course, I'm talking about none other than Professor D, Delano Squires. Check it out. Cuts off his private parts and uses skin from all over his body to create a fake vagina. None of that stuff is loving. None of that stuff is kind. But we are too scared to say those things because um, we, we don't want to get labeled as biggest and transphobe. And, and Some say he's a bubble pick, okay? Some say he's undeserving. But if you ask him, he's going to all tell you the same thing, plain and simple. He's going to say, hey, it's my show, okay? So at number eight, we got Jason Whitlock coming in. So, hey, what are you going to do? Take a listen to the clip. Forward. You know, we went 10 years into John Gruden's emails and we found racism in those emails from John Gruden back. We're not looking forward. We're not moving forward. The NFL, this hurts. This, this hurts. Those emails hurt me. I think Whitlock is tired of all of this talk about Delano being the smartest man on the show, okay? Jason is about to take this little kid to the woodshed. He's about to put the hands on him. I believe Jason Whitlock is gonna take Delano Squires out back and feed him wood and water. You know, he's gonna put wood on his ass and have water coming out of his eyes. Beautiful thing. I'm gonna tell you something. Put that kid in his place. Woo-hoo. Go get him, Whitlock. Now. Coming in here, shaking up the foundation of the fearless madness. Coming in at number two, we have the one and only, the first lady of the fearless family, Shamika Michelle. And she's the only female to make the tournament. She comes into this thing wearing a complete breastplate of armor. I'm still trying to figure out why is Will Smith so insistent on showing the world that he's his wife's bitch? You know, why Why do you feel the need to allow her to humiliate you like that? And pulling the unpleasant seventh seat, the show me broke. And of course I'm talking about TJ Moore, the seventh seat. Listen, this man is has such a Tom Brady fetish that I do believe that he's starting to look like him, okay? He's a resident statistician, and he's the master of suburban number crunching, okay? And he's also a master of biblical sexual provocativity. Because a womb is substantially more valuable than sperm, right? One guy left from battle can go knock up 20 women, and you can then procreate, and your tribe is saved. Whereas if you send all the women to battle, and you've got a bunch of men back home, and the woman comes back, you've only got one baby at a time. Good luck procreating. Hey, look right. here, my line of business, let me tell you guys something. You pull a seven, that's supposed to be lucky. I don't know how in the heck you get that, and you pull a seven, and you gotta go up against your meeker. But let me tell you something. This right here is gonna be a good one. This right here, hey, this is the battle of the baby faces. Pretty girl versus the pretty boy. These two are too beautiful for human capacity. Neither one of these two wanna get punched in the face. So I guarantee you, it's gonna probably go down to a technicality. Listen, listen, here's what I want you to do. Listen, go to my Twitter feed, go to Uncle Jimmy Blaze, 
and take a whole look at your entire bracket. Fill it out. Tell me what you think. Respond to Twitter. How do you think it's going to go? You know what? I don't know what to call this guy. Uh, I called Delano the smartest person on the show. I may just start calling Royce the smartest person I know. Maybe, maybe that's the way I can get around uh, this. Uh, <laughs> but to uh, follow Delano up with Royce White is uh, quite an honor and a, a treat. I'm looking forward. Uh, I, I felt like Royce was the one guy I could do a mono, fire starter, Delano could unload and, and take the conversation to a higher level. When I was sitting there, well, who could bring something else unique to this conversation? I thought of Royce White, and I have no idea what his take is on any of this stuff we've been talking about, but I know I can't wait to hear it. So, uh, Royce White, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, I have argued today that uh, all these lies are connected. So there's the lie that Leah Thomas is a woman and it's justifiable for him to be out there competing against women at the NCAA championships in swimming. And, and I, I contend that the reason why there's not more uproar or why this hasn't been put to a stop is because there are so many other lies that we have uh, swallowed, amplified across America that we can't stand up to any lies because we've swallowed just way too many and have undermined our credibility in so many other places that it's very difficult for us to, to rally around and point out something as obviously wrong as what Leah Thomas is doing. Your reaction? Well, I think the status quo of our society has become lies, by and large. I, I think we're living in times of, of great deception. And I would even say it's uh, it's a culture and uh, an era of the double cross and the triple cross. And, you know, the, the reality of the situation, as I see it, and, and you know that I'm very, very critical of the neoliberal LGBTQ intersectionality movement. But if I take a step back from my position politically and assess the reality person by person individually, I'd actually say that a large portion of the LGBTQ um, pro-women's rights and pro-black movement are being manipulated. I just I just think they're being manipulated, you know, to be honest. I, I think that this entire beta male Marxist revolution is intended to do very strategic things. Um, at bottom, cause confusion, uh, attack people or, or uh, take people's uh, sense of humanity away and, and destroy their faith in God. And if you if you can take somebody's sense of humanity away, it makes it very difficult for them to defend their rights, their constitutional rights and their inalienable rights that are God given. Um, and, and that's what we've seen uh, start to happen as these neoliberal, you know, Marxist movements have have risen to the surface here in this country and in the West. You know, uh, Leah Thomas, for example, a man, 
a, a man with a penis can swim with women. And we see that as a social revolution uh, that's noteworthy and, and considered an, an achievement. Meanwhile, the NSA and the CIA and, and uh, many other intelligence organizations uh, conspire with big, big tech to take our data, to, to sell our data, to use our data, to undermine our security, our privacy uh, in this hyper surveillance state. And nobody even has anything to say about it. Or people do, but, it, but it's said in the background, it's said in hushed tones, and it certainly isn't seen as anything noteworthy like Leah Thomas uh, having the right to swim in the pool with a bunch of other vaginas uh, and, and be swinging a penis in, in the water. Royce, one of the things that disturbs and or baffles me is there are so many people who swear by science. Trust the science, the science. And so there's and so humanity has been reduced to whatever numbers or whatever chromosomes they come up with and a DNA or if we can bring your testosterone level down to this, that makes you a woman. And, and it's like this whole belief that science trumps God goes directly to your point of they're dislodging us from any faith-based views to install man and the government as the ultimate authority. And, and I just can't believe people are so naive that they actually want to trust man to be the yeah. ultimate authority. The history of man is wicked. Well, well let, me, let me take it a step further. This is what I mean by the double cross and the triple cross, because we know you and I as black men, that our skin color has been used as the, the linchpin of this entire identity politics revolution. But here's the kicker. All of this is just eugenics and Nazism rebranded and repurposed. And they've swapped out the racism for elitism. That's all that's happened here. And when you go back and you look at eugenics and, and what the, the founding ideas were, um, it, it, it runs very congruent to the fourth industrial revolution, which is based on automation, uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, gene therapy, right? These are all code words to use science as a justification uh, for eugenics and Nazism that spawned from Darwinism. And we all know that the Darwin evolution theory was intended to, to uh, you know, destabilize uh, belief in God and, and belief in the Bible and belief in Judeo-Christian West. That was the that was the purpose of Darwin. And there are many people who are even in disagreement with this sort of Marxist revolution that still subscribe to Darwin. So, you know, this is the double cross and the triple cross. This is why it's very difficult to, to stress to people how much of an injustice our education and our, our acquisition of knowledge truly is on the everyday person. These are info wars. These are informational wars and culture wars that have been played out over many generations. And, and to say they trust the science, that, that's not, you know, that's not uh, an affirmation of, of goodness in any way. Eugenics was science. And, and they had very, very real ideas about which of us human beings were worthy of, of, rec uh, of, of being pro of procreating uh, and which ones weren't, which ones were the, the bad stock. And many of these people who push these ideas, when you really get down to the basis of it, uh, they wouldn't meet the criteria of the good stock. 
to, to be quite honest. And so, again, what the globalists have done, they've repurposed, rebranded Nazism and eugenics to say, hey, we'll do away with the race part. We're all mixed up anyway. Now, let's not get caught up in that. We'll hold our race purity in the inner circle. And what we've now gone to is an elitist uh, uh, criteria where we want to now push ourselves to a transhuman future. And, and we'll do away with the whole race piece because we're better off getting more people roped in to the movement if we blow out the, the windows and the, and the walls of race. I just happen to believe that at some point right now in the recruiting stage of what you're talking about, I think they've de-emphasized race. Yeah. Once the recruitment process is over and it comes to implementation, race is going to come right back into the formula and uh, LeBron James and his heirs may survive, but the average black person is going to catch Major, major hell. Am, am I wrong for thinking that? Well, they already have. And again, you know, the LeBron James and, and those types of people will be tokens uh, of a they'll, they'll be a relic of a society uh, to remember. You know, there'll be paintings. There'll be much of what they are already in the pro sports world is, is an art. Right. They're a piece of art to appreciate over time and be sold as an asset with the rest of the estate when the owner gets ready to to, to move on from that pursuit. Uh, and, and it won't change in the future when we go to a globalist agenda. And, you know, Everyday common black people are already catching hell from this because 30 million black babies, which is also a product of a, of a eugenics Nazi based uh, genocide, uh, is one of the biggest political and social injustices done on, on the, the demographic of everyday working class blacks in this country. And again, on the in the spiritual, they want to destroy the faith in God in the political. They want to go after your citizenship and devalue it. Um, and, and, you know. The race piece, I think black people, brown people, minorities are a byproduct. They're a bonus collateral damage. But really, they just want to go after the working class. They've traded in race altogether. They want to go to a social class system where the elites win and the working class are either serfs. And in the future, you know, that will be a stopgap for them being um, you know, phased out by robotics and artificial intelligence. I'm going to ask you a question that I have. I, I probably shouldn't ask because I don't know where it's going to go. And I, I'm not an expert on this, so I'm really uh, asking for your insight because I, I haven't decided what I think. But I made mention to it in passing in my mono and in the column I wrote today. And I just assume you have a thought on it. But I, I've watched the world go from uh, Donald Trump is Adolf Hitler to now Vladimir Putin is Adolf Hitler. And yeah. I don't know who's gonna be Adolf Hitler next, but I, I don't know what to think of the Ukraine-Russian conflict. I'm leery of buying this narrative that Vladimir Putin is Adolf Hitler and the worst thing on the planet. And so I'm sincerely asking, cause I know you run in circles where these conversations are going on all the time. What do you think of Vladimir Putin and what's going on in the Ukraine? Well, first, I'd say I think wars in our time and, and for 
many generations have been between elites and kings and not common people. So I think when people decide to go to war or use military uh, you know, military action, it's usually the common people that suffer, whether that be economically, physically, et cetera. Um, but I think right now, geopolitically, we have a four player jump ball. Um, and, and, and your guy, Glenn Beck laid this out as well. I shot you that text message one day and said how Beck laid this out on his show about a week after I had written it in my Substack. Uh, and, and I see it the same way that he does. You got the free people, Right. You got people, the people all across the world. You have globalists, which is really the Anglosphere, right? The West, um, who, who are, again, this this repurposing and rebranding of of eugenics for a world uh, government agenda. And then you got the Chinese and the Russians. And the distinct difference between them is that China and Russia want a nationalist dictatorship. And the globalists just want an international dictatorship. So you're seeing a fight right now in the Ukraine between uh, national dictatorship and international dictatorship. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not one to say what is the greater of the two evils. Um, I will say that there that that us as citizens watching from a third party view, uninformed and uninitiated and the esoteric jargon for these geopolitical conflicts in the history. Many people have forgotten about the Bay of Pigs or the, uh, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis or the, the pretense or the, the premise of the Cold War. Right. So I think a lot of people are tuning in now and see what's being shown to them in terms of Russia invading Ukraine and have a very a poor understanding of the history. Um, I think Putin is our enemy uh, in, in, in the general sense. And I would say that because for, for one very distinct reason, he believes in state censorship and that's un-American. He doesn't believe in the freedom of speech as a fundamental constitutional inalienable right of his citizens. And we do. But the catch is we say we do. But in actuality, the technocracy has conspired with the government in the West to to silence and censor the speech of dissidents as well. So who are we to call, you know, who are we to call the kettle black in that in that instance or in that consideration? Um, but I would say if I was in charge, Putin would be our enemy because he doesn't believe in free speech. And that's a fundamental cornerstone of American constitutional values. Um, so I feel for the people uh, there in the Ukraine. Um, and, and the Russian citizens and, and everybody who's affected by this conflict, it'll be interesting to see what happens here over the next few months. And so you touched on many of the things that my instincts were telling me as I've been watching this play out over the last two weeks. And, and so I, a lot of the description I hear of Putin and the tactics, well, I, I go, well, that sounds like us. That, that, that sounds like Joe Biden. And that, that sounds like just what you said, our tech companies are, are silencing people at the behest of the government, at the behest of the Democratic Party and their leaders. Oh, you can't let people question COVID. Oh, uh, my God, someone like Donald Trump is an existential threat. He must be silenced across all platforms. Yep. Uh, again, that, that that's the Democratic Party silencing their opposition, that's the same type of thing we accuse Putin of doing. And so I'm like you, I see Putin as a bad player, a bad actor, uh, and someone we should be against. But I also, I don't wanna apply that standard to Putin if I'm not willing to apply that same standard right here at home to the people who are operating 
just like Putin. Well, here's the three-card Monty with it. Putin and believes in a nationalist dictatorship, like I said. So his concept is that corporation and the state should be merged at the, at the level of the nation state. The globalists believe that the corporation and government should be merged at the world, you know, at the worldwide level. Um, so there's a distinct difference in how that plays out in a place like America, where you have two political parties that sometimes pose as as opposition to one another in many respects. Um, it, it's not really the Democratic Party that has used big tech to censor to censor its opponents. Big tech and the corporatocracy is integrated with the Democratic Party that the Republicans sometimes are merged in with and, and are in on it with. Um, and, and they have uh, went out and tried to censor dissidents and, and, and fighters for freedom. Um, so it's not really the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is actually the puppet in it. Uh, the corporations, the, the corporatocracy, the Fed, uh, the, the central bank cartel, the medical industrial complex, the media industrial complex, the military industrial complex. Big tech's just a, 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 a more recent player in it. But they're actually running the Democratic Party. And I think that's an important distinction to make and, and, and orienting oneself and looking at these things. But I agree with you overall that, yeah, the Democratic Party and their and, and, and their agenda has certainly done exactly what they accuse Putin of. And all the while, they're still very soft on China. And, and, and what what China has done to the Uyghurs in East Turkestan is much more atrocious, atrocious than what Putin has done in the Ukraine already. Now, there is an argument to be made that a very hard line to be drawn is for one nation state to transgress another nation state's sovereign border. And in that case, you could argue that China has not done uh, to the Uyghurs what Putin has done to the Ukrainians. However, um, if, you're, if your baseline standard is the, is the um, violation of, of basic human rights, then China has done to the Uyghurs a hundred times over what Putin has done to the Ukraine. And that's just a matter of fact. And, and oh, by the way, it just so happens that they also have implemented the, the eugenics Nazi-based uh, gene uh, ethnic cleansing that came from and stemmed from the early eugenics movement in, in the West and in Europe. So uh, you see right there the allyship between the globalists and China. And I think China's just sitting back going, let's see how this plays out between Russia and the West. And, and we'll we'll pick our next move, uh, you know, what, that is advantageous for China because China's religion is China. Right. They do have a religion. It's the Chinese people. They believe they have the mandate from heaven and that gives them authorization to be the center of the world. And they plan to go back there and they're not shy about saying it. Mm. Thank you, Royce. Good stuff, as always. Gave me much to think about this weekend. That's Royce White, the smartest man I know. All right. Uh, get your fearless army swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Steve Kim. Uh. Number three, all right? We call him the informational cyclone. And in November, mark my words, you'll be calling him Mr. Congressman. Your next U.S. representative, I'm talking about none other than Royce White. Okay, you got a better chance of contracting 
HIV as a black homosexual male, then you do of dying of COVID. So how is it okay for the Grammys to openly promote homosexuality amongst young black males like little Nas X? Is that not a public health crisis? Of course it's not because we're all at the altar of intersectionality in the church of LGBTQ. Next, oh, this is the one I like, all right. This here, the man that put the K in K-pop, okay? Jason calls him the Korean Coachelle. He's coming in at a number six seat. And of course, I'm talking about Steve Kemp. As a writer, you have to represent the feelings of the public. And I, and if, if he would have asked me, is the season done yet? And I would have said, uh, yeah, Chick Hearn just put it in the refrigerator. Lights are out, Jell-O's jiggling, eggs are cooling, butter's getting hard, it's over. I'm warning you, as far as Royce goes, before he goes into battle against Ilhan Omar, Royce has got to beat Steve Kim. Let me tell you something. Royce was an NBA player, and he was an MMA fighter, okay? But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this Steve Kim guy. He's one of the tallest damn Koreans I've ever seen in my life, okay? And not only that, that kid's like six foot two, and he's buff. I think he's like on the juice or something. I don't know what's going on. But I'm going to tell you something. Steve Kim only knows two things in life, and that's eating egg rolls and kicking ass. And right about now, he says to tell Royce he's fresh out of egg rolls. Oh, what are you going to do about that? Bada bing, bada boom. Coming in at number four, I call him the only brother that willingly lives in Idaho. Jason just the other day called him the Idaho potato, and the dude's been on a rampage ever since. And of course, I'm talking about none other than the chocolate milk dud himself, Dave Shannon. The Bible requires us to actually have a death penalty. The Bible says that if you spill man's blood, by man's blood shall his blood be spilled. It, it actually requires eye for eye, tooth for tooth. It's actually a judicial system that if you take a man's life, the Bible requires that a life needs to be taken. I mean, hey, what are you gonna do, okay? Dave's gonna be going up against our number five seed. Coming into the tournament with the power of the Holy Ghost, we got the pastors. And of course, I'm talking about Pastor Bobby and Pastor Anthony. And you know who they got in their corner. That's right, they got the big guy. And of course, I'm not talking about Jason Whitlock. The big guy, okay? Like what Biden said, everybody's being persuaded and normalizing what is clearly contrary to what the Bible says. And it takes people, we've got to be clear, even, even as we speak with love, we've got to be clear about what's true about these things because it's crazy. But I've got God on my side. And if I stand with God, we'll never lose. We may be outnumbered, we may be overwhelmed, but we won't lose if we stand up. So listen here, the voting's open on that battle. That's right, the holy war. Who you think's gonna win? Hey, to cast your vote, go to my Twitter feed, Uncle Jimmy Blaze, and vote on that number four and five matchup. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to roll out to Los Angeles and bring in uh, Steve Kim and uh, talk a little uh, sports, although we have been talking about Leah Thomas, but we just got done talking about Ukraine and Russia. 
uh, with Royce White. But I want to end the uh, week uh, talking a little sports with Steve Kim. Uh, Devontae Adams has moved on from the Green Bay Packers. Some people call Devontae the best wide receiver in football. He's joining the Las Vegas Raiders. He's reconnecting with his uh, college quarterback, Derek Carr. Um, it was kind of a big move that people were connecting to Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God, what's Aaron Rodgers gonna do now? No Devontae Adams. Uh, did Aaron Rodgers take all the money? Is that why they couldn't? But according to all reports, Green Bay was willing to pay Devontae Adams what he wanted. He wanted to reconnect with uh, Derek Carr. And so, Steve, I want to ask you, we'll start here. Uh, Devontae Adams leaving Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. How does that make you feel about Aaron Rodgers? One is like, how's it going to affect his performance? And two, does it make you feel any kind of way that Devontae Adams would choose to leave Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, to join his college teammate, Derek Carr, in Las Vegas? Uh, first of all, good afternoon, uh, Jason. couple things. As it relates to Devontae Adams, well, he's peaches and herb now. He's reunited and he feels so good and he got paid well for it. It's interesting. If the money was equal, but he still said, I want out of Green Bay, that meant that maybe him and the Packers simply had irreconcilable differences because since last year, you heard reports of that negotiation getting very contentious. And look, as a player, you get one chance at this. Maybe two other contracts outside your rookie deal if you're any good National Football League. And he felt, you know what? I, I get to go back to the West Coast. I get my college quarterback and I get paid a boatload of money. I think he, he was saying maybe I've gone as far as I could with Green Bay. As it relates to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I found this very interesting. Now, Jason, I'm fond of saying that statistics tell you not everything, but something. And if you look at Devontae last year, he missed one game, yet he still had 1,553 yards receiving. The next two guys, uh, Val Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Alan Lazard combined did not have a 1,000. So my question is this, Jason. Is a Jordy Nelson walking through that door? And now they got some draft capital with this big deal and, and shifting things around. It's really frustrated a lot of Packer fans throughout the country that the last five, six years, they've never given Aaron Rodgers a bookend receiver. In other words, Jordy Nelson had a James Jones. He had a Jennings. Now you got to basically start over from scratch and say, okay, who's your number one guy? This is going to be interesting to see who is affected more in their performance. Is it going to be the wide receiver or the guy that got him the ball? Is it the chicken or the egg? I'm, I'm hoping that the Green Bay Packers uh, select Warren Central product, uh, Purdue product, David Bell, People have him slated. He ran a 4-6 at the Combine, so people have him slated as a second-round pick. If he's there in the second-round pick and they take a receiver in the first round, I'm t they're going to be very happy. David Bell will be an impact rookie, uh, but that's just my bias. He went to my high school. He's one of the best kids I've ever met. Uh, uh, Jim, I want to bring Uncle Jimmy into this conversation just because uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, like everybody in the AFC West, making major moves, major moves 
Uh, Broncos got Russell Wilson. What is he? What are you? Raiders just get uh, Devontae Adams. The Chargers get J.C. Jackson and somebody else. Who am I forgetting? I thought they Khalil got Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Chiefs fan, I see you got your Chiefs gear on. Are you concerned? Um, first of all, Steve, pleasure to see you. you, you you're a movie buff. I'm going I'm to I'm throw a couple of names out here, and I want you to tell me the lines. First, I'm going to quote Colin Kaepernick. Then I'm going to quote Omar Little. And then I'm going to quote Ric Flair. Okay? Colin Kaepernick said, heavy is the head that wears the fro. I mean, the crown. <laughs> that's the wire. That's, that's okay. Marlowe in the wire. Okay. Yeah. And then you had Omar that said, if you, shoot, if, you come for, if you shoot for the king, you bet not miss. Yes, come for the king, you bet not miss. And then you had Ric Flair that said, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> so, man, I'm telling you something, man. I'm, I'm a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, man. We don't care. You know, in order to be the man, you got to beat us. Everybody is trying to come and duplicate us. Don't nobody care about Devontae Adams. Nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers ain't throwing to him. So what difference do it make? He got David Carr throwing to him. Derek Carr. David, Derek, or Aaron. It don't matter. (laughs) He don't have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. I don't care. To me, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders is like Sammy Watkins. Oh. I mean, you know, to, in Kansas City, oh. we called him Sideline Sammy. <laughs> I mean, what, what do I care? Khalil Mack, he was already with the Raiders. Furthermore, let me tell you this about the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders got your boy. What's his name? The, the, the defensive guy. They just picked him up. The Raiders got. Uh, that, that, that was from the Cardinals or whatever. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. And you know who they got rid of? As soon as they signed Chandler, they got, rid of, the, they got rid of Carl Nation. Yeah. Now, the question is, who's he going to sign with now? <laughs> rumor is, I don't know if you've heard about he's gonna this. going to swim for Penn. Huh? He's going to swim for Penn. No, rumor <laughs> is he's going to be, a, he, he's, talking about, he's talking about being a running back for the WNFL. A running back for the WNFL? Yeah. We're not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said he was going to go to the Packers, but... Uh, <laughs> Steve, I, I got another topic here for you. Uh, Josina Anderson, formerly of ESPN, I think now she's with CBS Sports, or that's where I see her. Uh, she tweeted something about uh, Deshaun Watson, and I want both of y'all's takes on this. Oh boy. Uh, I'm told the who's who of Atlanta from members of the Braves, Hawks, Music World, including Little Baby and Quavo, have all reached Quavo. Quavo, I'm sorry, Quavo, Quavo, have all reached out to Deshaun Watson to let him know we want him home, per source. Also told it's been down to two teams since yesterday, World's just now finding. So uh, with Little Baby and, and Quavo, <laughs> Quavo, 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 uh, with him, jo- with, you know, them joining in the recruitment of, uh, of Deshaun Watson, I mean, that, that's pretty much got to seal the deal. I think that Everybody around the NFL were just waiting for uh, little baby and Quavo to weigh in on uh, Deshaun Watson. It, it, with, with that endorsement, that's like Mel Copper and Todd McShay uh, <laughs> coming in on Deshaun uh, Watson. It's got to be a done deal in Atlanta. Well, look, first of all, I, I think it fits culturally, though. I remember during the early run of Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan had a great run as a Falcons quarterback. Looks like it might be coming to an end. I still remember seeing a story 
where there were more Michael Vick jerseys years after he left to become the Don King of dogfighting than there were number 12 jerseys. And they embraced Michael Vick. Even to this day, I still believe that him and Deion Sanders are the two most popular players in that franchise history. And it's obvious to me they feel like, hey, we want a black quarterback and we want one of the best ones possible. But I also think, in all seriousness, for Deshaun Watson, this works. Because he played at Clemson from a regional standpoint, it works. Look, for some reason, he believes I got to be close to home. I want to be as close to Clemson as possible. I don't think he wants to be in Carolina. The pieces seem to be fitting here. But, um, yeah, the the fact that T.I. and Mayor Keisha Bottoms, I don't know if she was on that list or not. I I don't think that's exactly the recruitment that I would go by to choose my next franchise. Yeah, do we know where Killer Mike is on this? Has he <laughs> co-signed for this? Has Killer Mike endorsed the Sean Dupree? <laughs> What's Big Boy and uh, Andre 3000? Right, now, Marcellus, give you that work. Don't talk about Andre. <laughs> I like was Big Mayor, Boy. Anyway. Was, yeah, was I'm Mayor sorry. Andrew Young involved? Get some old school people in there. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, uh, little baby. I don't know if you remember me telling you the story. Uh, it's probably two or three years ago. Me and Quavo... Uh, we Quavo. shot da- Quavo. Me and Quavo <laughs> shot dice uh, together at the Cosmopolitan, uh, and li- he had a backpack full of $100 bills, and he would just reach into his backpack and throw them onto the table, and they count off the money. So he was making it rain on you. He, he's making it rain on the dice table. I mean, literally, he he had a backpack full of $100 bills, and he grab a handful, throw them onto the dice table. They count up the money, and he he kept sure. wasn't very good. He lost. He, he emptied that backpack, and they left and went to another casino. They went and grabbed another backpack and went to, I think they said they were going to the wind or yeah. someplace else. The and Quavo married to Cardi B? No, that's Offset. Oh, oh Offset. Yeah, hmm. I forgot. Offset's married to Cardi B. Okay. Quavo, Offset, and Tone. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that, that's who it is. Is that who the Migos? Are they the Migos? Yes. Yeah, all right. Jason. Yeah. Go ahead. Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this last night, but I, I this is what I do for fearless. This is the type of soldier I am. I get into the trenches. I put myself through actually watching a college basketball game. Uh, and I have a few random thoughts real quickly. Number one, that UCLA game with Akron's one of the worst games I ever saw. I, I mean, they threw up so many bricks. My TV screen has a crack in it. I thought they were playing homage to Russell Westbrook. But I have to tell you, the, T, the only thing worse than them was the TNT studio crew. I felt bad for Seth Davis. They had Rex Chapman out there. They, they didn't just let him retweet other people's uh, uh, material. That he, He's terrible on air. Frank Martin has no more hair left, and he's very grabbly. And then they have a woman's basketball player, Candace Parker. She looked pretty nice. It's literally the worst studio show I've ever seen. And it's an indictment that Charles Barkley, who literally admits, like me and you, Jason, we know no college players, is actually more interesting and insightful than anybody on that whole crew. And the only thing worse than them, this is a personal thing of mine, and you talk about DIE, D-I-E, right, the diversity, inclusion, that thing, it's affected yeah. Sonic commercials. I've always thought those two original white guys were hilarious. They were quirky. They were funny. They were like Abbott and Costello. They had this great uh, chemistry. Now they're trying to do every single group. Now, race, creed, color, sexual... They're terrible. Bring back the original Sonic white guys. That's what I got from watching tournament basketball on a Thursday night. That's what I got from it. I watched I watched some of that Thursday afternoon. 
and uh, this is not because he's a friend of mine, but uh, Frank Martin, they've done Frank Martin no favors by putting him with that crew. Frank Martin I oh. found very credible as a college basketball coach talking about the game, but you put him in that crew of that diversity, inclusion, and equity crew, because oh. Rex Chapman's there because he tweets far left-wing stuff. He knows nothing about or he can't articulate very well his thoughts on college basketball. I mean, it's amazing what, you, what benefits you get from joining that left-wing mob. Rex Chapman uh, was convicted or accused of or charged with stealing a bunch of stuff to support his drug habit, and boom. He, he puts out a left-wing Twitter feed, and next thing you know, he's on you know TNT or whatever, to somebody, TBS, somebody's college basketball broadcast. Pretty amazing. Uh, you know, the thing I like about Steve Kim, or the thing I like, and occasionally don't, he's going to get his talking points in whether I want him or yeah. not. <laughs> that was hey, he's a, Jason. He's that was got, me going. And how Omaha. you, you going to talk Omaha. college basketball? Yeah, that, that's him calling out. How Omaha. you going to talk college basketball and not mention Kentucky getting beat by uh, who they get beat by? St. Petersburg? Yeah. Yeah, look, Jason. Look, look, first of all, he said he watched college basketball. His TV got broke good. That's what he get. No better point. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess Jamal Mashburn must have had a bad game. And by the way, do we have time? I have a Leah Thomas take, if you don't mind. Do we have time? Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Right, I, mean, sure, sure. Sure. I mean, it's your show. I mean, what, what difference yeah. okay. do Korean well, Coach Sam, you take over. Oh, you own the building. Go ahead. God, no wonder Koreans and blacks don't get along. My God. <laughs> hey, hey. Get Can your I hands just off buy some juice. weave and get out of hey, here? <laughs> get your hands off that orange juice. Okay, we're, we're past that. All right, so the Leah Thomas situation reminds me of that 80s movie. You guys have to both seen it. Remember Soul Man with C. Thomas Howell? He was that white law student who wanted to get into his favorite law school, so he took a pill to become black. And there was this famous scene where they're playing pickup basketball at this Ivy League school, so he's a black guy at that point. He was automatically the first pick, and he's like, no, 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 no. And he ended up being the worst <laughs> player. It was kind of like me when people yeah. would choose me to be a math tutor. I'm like, no, I'm not really, I'm not really that kind of Asian. <laughs> and so literally – Leah Thomas is the opposite of that. And it goes to show you that any time a male transitions to being a Leah and goes into women's sports, they automatically become world class. And so I think that's where the uncomfortable nature comes from people like Sally Jenkins and Mina Kimes. They've been championing how good women's sports has been for 20 years. And one swimmer has debunked that narrative. Mm. Steve Kim. Steve Kim. Do you got anything else, Steve, on the Steve Kim no, I'm show? I'm good. I'm good. I got to get You're lunch. Good? I'm hungry here, you know? Yeah. Could you give me a pack of smokes and uh, and some weave? Well, and, you you uh, sound like Hattie. Yeah. Hey, could you get me a pack of coals <laughs> when hey. you're out there? Cool. Hey, you know what, Steve? Now that you're here. No, yeah. no, no. I'm not going to let you go now. I'm not going to let you go now. <laughs> I'm going to make you participate in the approval rating uh, for okay. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, why not? So, yeah, why not? I mean, since he's... It's his show? Yeah, it's his show. Uh, <laughs> Delano's pissed right now. Who the hell he thinks he is? <laughs> so I'm going to make you participate in the approval rating. Uh, job performance for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's coming off an MVP season. I, I keep him at the same score as a, a 24 in job performance. Uh, for Jim. I give him a 25. 
Remember back in the day they had the show, the show TV show called The Six Million Dollar Man? Yeah. Well, he can star in a show now called The Hundred and Fifty Dollar Man. Mm. That man signed a contract for $150 million. Oh, yeah. all right. That's called doing your job, big wit. <laughs> uh, Steve? Uh, this, as an Aaron Rodgers homer, this is going to scare you and surprise you. I'm giving him a 20. He's not Mr. January. Uh, you're great in the fall. Mm, you got to mm. be good in the playoffs, and he keeps losing at home. That, to me, docks him a few points. All right. I, I, I got you written down as a 20. Uh, character. I've gone up actually in character. He got his money. Uh, I, I'm I'm sort of a fan of Aaron Rodgers at this point. I love his stance on COVID and the vaccine. Uh, so I'm giving a 22 in character. Uh, I'm gonna give him a 25 again. First of all, the character I like the little rock and roll rock and roll grunge character that he plays on the State Farm commercials. Yeah, I do like that. But the thing that I don't like about him is he gets sacked a lot. And I don't know, Steve, you're a fan. I don't know if you noticed this. But here, as a matter of fact, let's take a look at some of the people he's been getting sacked by. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, fellas. I could be wrong, but that's an offensive line I could get behind. <laughs> <laughs> they got some sunshine coming from the behind or whatever. I'm, I'm just saying, I could get behind that offensive line. That's all I'm saying. All right. I give him a 25. 25. Uh, uh, Steve, where do you have him on character? I'm going to give him a 24. The only thing I'm going to dock him for is that when, once that thing came out about the immunization, he should have said, yeah, I lied to you. So what? What are you going to do about it? Mm. I don't think he should have capitulated well, one minute about that thing. Authenticity is our next category. You may maybe should have saved that comment. Uh, I'm going to give him a 19 in authenticity, authenticity, down a point. He's pretending like he's not, or according to reports, he's not bothered by Devontae Adams choosing Derek Carr over him. Uh, I don't know how authentic that is, so I gave him a 19 in authenticity. Mm, we're close. I give him a 20. Because mm. first of all, I'm going to be honest with you, he's one of the few players in the NFL that had the C.A. Jones, a, a.k.a. Kahunas, to stand up to the NFL, to, to, to Dr. Falke, and to just this whole political thing regarding COVID. Now, whose pronunciation is worse, Quavo or Falke? I've always Quavo makes more sense than Falke I think bottom line is Aaron stood up to it Aaron stood up to all of the nonsense he's like and he he never budged and I just give him respect because to me he's just an American we need more of that Uh, Steve where do you got him out on authenticity I'll give him a 25 because he's not afraid to alienate teammates or family I love the consistency Mm. 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 Uh, and then it factor, uh, I went up to a 23, got a $150 million contract. He is definitely it in Green Bay. He's the only thing in Green Bay right now. Uh, so I got him at a 23 in uh, it factor. Uh, I'll give him a 21. Green Bay better be careful because Green Bay, I think Aaron Rodgers might do Green Bay just like Kobe Bryant did Los Angeles in this last year of his contract. Mm. He'll mm. build up his stats, but they ain't going to get no championships. Mm. Uh, that's a mm. good analogy to segue to you, a Lakers fan, Steve. Uh, Steve, it factor where you got him. I'm going to get him at a 20. Until he starts winning and getting to a Super Bowl, I'm going to keep him there. You gotta, he's got, he, let me just tell you something. If he only wins one Lombardi trophy – That'll be a letdown on his career. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, gentlemen. All right. uh, Me and Steve have 
him as a smoke show. I've got him at 88. According to my math, Steve's got him at 89. Uh, Jimmy's got him at blazing hot, 91. Have you seen that offensive line? <laughs> oh, man. Give credit where credit's due. Them ain't blue M&Ms, Jim. <laughs> Let me take them down to your restaurant a couple times. Give them some of that truffle chicken. Get, let me get some of them Steve Kim egg rolls. Don't play with me, man. All right, thank you, Hey, guys. Steve, thank you for letting me be on the show, man. Yes, oh, I want to thank you as well. <laughs> we'll see you next week. The white sign looking like it's my time Feeling all kinds of free These words are our religion Our regrets and our decisions We don't want to go to heaven with freedom It's my obligation No hate discrimination Raising up your hands for freedom Raise up your hands for freedom I just want, I want to be I just want, I want to be